Biff Bampop presents Heroes and Villains. And now your host, E.A. Henson. It is the Heroes and Villains podcast presented by BiffBampop.com. I am your host, E.A. Henson. Nobody asked for this, but here we are. Um, This is a pilot episode of sorts. I'm here with editor-in-chief, founder of BiffBampop.com, Andy Burns. Andy, how you doing? Good, brother. How are you doing today? Thanks for uh, having me. Doing swell. Um, So like I said, this is a pilot episode. It's kind of a proof of concept, I guess. We've done kind of some podcasts in the past, you and I, me and Josh Wallen. Um, And I'm just kind of uh, just kind of feeling it out right now because uh, like I said at the top, it is the Heroes and Villains podcast. I was doing the Heroes and Villains column for I don't know how many years, honestly, before I decided to take a break. I think like, I'm going to say four years. Does that okay. sound right? Four it could years, be. Four and a half. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny that we're talking about it, you know, cause you, cause you did take a break and I was talking about it with JP Falvalita today. Um, I had lunch with him and JP does the Wednesday run column. And, you know, we were talking about the, the idea of columns and in how, you know, JP suggested that doing a weekly column can be pretty hard and it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily for lack of content, but it can be the repetition, the repetition of, of doing a column. And, you know, JP, he does the Wednesday run and he's got a style that he does for it. Um, but within that style, yeah, he can find a book. That's no problem. But sometimes it's hard to be inspired to do, you know, every week, you know, how do you make something unique? And I mean, even I find that, you know, I, I there, there's absolute truth to that. I find that with my Marvel columns. Um, you know, I do my, my weekly from the house of ideas. There's always books out. That's not, that's not the problem. Um, finding the books that you feel impassioned to write about can sometimes be the problem. Um, and you do it on a weekly basis. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it can feel like pulling teeth a little bit. And I think that's, I think that would be like that for anybody. Yeah. It can be a bit of a grind and it's a good problem to have. And the issue I was running up against is that I got tired of saying nice things about good books which (laughs) that's very funny. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just kind of, uh, and it's one of the, I I personally felt like I was doing a disservice to some of the people that I was reviewing. Cause like I said, I don't, I only, I made it a point to only review books that I liked. And then week after week, I'm like just trying to figure out new adjectives or metaphors that I can use in a column. Just so I'm not just constantly rearranging things to make them presentable. So, um, Going back, uh, first Heroes and Villains column for me was May 9th, 2018. Holy Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So coming up on five years. And I mean, that that makes sense because, you know, Heroes and Villains began as a Glenn Walker column that he did for years until he passed away at the end of 2017. Mm-hmm. And I think, and you might remember you might have it in front of you i think richard Kerwin took on the column for a little bit of time he did for those, for those first few months and then and then you took it over and so you had a pretty 
pretty extended run uh, of doing it. And I think, you know, hey, man, when when we said, when you talked about wanting to take a break, I'm like, I get it. You know, the worst would have been if you, if you had said, I feel like taking a break and not participating in the site ever again. Then, then, <laughs> then I... Then I would have, you know, fought to have you keep doing something regular. But the truth is, you you are regular, and in fact, I I I hope and I think it's more inspiring for you. You know, I'll have, you know, I'll have these emails come through. Um, you know, there's always you know companies you know that want that want us to take a look at something. And I was, I do want to send you something that I think you're going to enjoy and take a look at it. And, and I think I think I've kind of pr- got a pretty decent idea of what, for the most part, what I think you'll enjoy. And then I'm happy to send it your way. But the idea that you want to do podcasts is pretty solid because you've got your background in it. And, you know, you and Josh so far at the uh, end of year uh, figure Fridays that you did were excellent. So um, yeah, it's nice to be able to do this with you. Yeah, and the uh, last Heroes and Villains that I did, the regular column was uh, March 16th of 2022. So I will say I did not intend to be gone this long. Wow. But yeah, you know, just uh, life gets in the way, other stuff going on. Um, and I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. It just took me a while to get this up and running because got to get the equipment, got to, you know, pay people to do things. And, and, you know, it's not like I was completely inactive in the last year. Not at all. I've been been doing my figure Friday column and the sporadic, uh, you know, comic (laughs) reviews. And I think you, you know, you, I, I think your heart is always in your figure four column your figure Friday columns. I call it figure four because I'm a wrestling guy. So all <laughs> wrestling fans get it. But I think that um, I feel, and you correct me if I'm wrong, um, and that's not to say you don't love comics because you do and you write about them really well, but you're, you, between you and Josh, but with your level of knowledge and passion for figures is really great. And that is like, you always have something to say, I think, about figures that are coming out, um, and which is, you know, and if at some point you need to take a break from that, whatever. But I think, like, you know, everything I, I've yet to hear for you to to think that you're like, oh man, this is a bit, this one's a bit of a a drag sometimes. I always feel like you're pretty impassioned in your uh, in talking about figures, good and bad, right? Well, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, so I always think that anything I produce is the worst thing ever. And, you know, it's just uh, I enjoy writing about action figures. I, I want to say it's 50-50 between figures and comics, but it's more probably like 60-40. Why um, do you think that? Like, what do you, like, is it what what gets you interested or what's kept you interested in, in talking about figures that maybe co- comics hasn't right now? I think with uh, with comic books, when it comes to the big comic books like Marvel and DC, it's just um, they're they're IP farms. I'm always going to read my superhero books and uh, I'm always going to love my superhero books, but you can only say nice things about Spider-Man so much Uh, for the independent comic books. It's really it's difficult to find stuff that I like 
And I'm not saying that's why I stopped doing it. It's just I, I always managed to find some independent book that I liked, but it just circles back to me feeling like I was doing a disservice to those creators. And I think that stuff has more of an impact than than like uh, the stuff for the toys. There is a little bit of a disconnect with action figures because I, I've yet to have a toy designer reach out to me directly and say they didn't appreciate what I wrote about their toy. Right. Right. And I mean, I guess I would certainly say like the designers, you have to have that. It's not like those names are part like right in front of your face, as opposed to, let's say, a comic book creator where you can easily tag them. Um, and, I, you know, I think you and I have talked. I know you and I have talked about this before. My my biggest frustration to this day is still as as someone that is like is, you know, as a writer that. Um, you know, for my Marvel books, it's I for my Mar Marvel column, I try to be pretty uh, just like everyone on the site. It tends to be pretty positive. Um, and it will always bother me if I'm like to not get a retweet. It just and we talked about this. I know. And you actually you put me in my place. I can't remember who. Do you remember who we were talking about? And you said, well, actually, this person did retweet us. It was. This has got to be at least a year ago. The last time we did something like this, and you got—I can't remember who it was. And then you said, "Actually, he, they did." I'm like, "Oh, great." Um, I remember the conversation. I don't remember who. The specifics, yeah, but I really do feel that way. I do feel like, you know, there's those people out there that are like, you know, you see it all the time on social media, where a creator of anything will be like. You know, if you don't like something I do, that's fine. But don't tag me. You know? Like, don't be a dick, right? Mm -hmm. And none of us on the site do that. So there's that part of me that's like, if, if we're offering praise, we're, you know, we've got a pretty healthy readership, but we're still small in the world of giants. And I'm like, a retweet um, is like... It's meaningful. It is meaningful. I mean... We got retweeted at the end of the year last year during our holiday gift guide by Stephen King. And it changed the trajectory of the year. And we had so many new people come and read that specific article and stick around. And it's so appreciated, right? Like, and it's, um, so that's not to say like a smaller creator is going to like, you know, swell our numbers up or whatever but i i do think you know it's not it's not it's not always the case believe me we get a ton of support so much of the time from creators and we have a really good relationship with a lot of comic book companies so you know me sort of saying it would be great for creators i'll tell you this like we have an amazing relationship with dark horse um just a fantastic one they're yeah they're great they're, they're so supportive of us um in in our writing and what we do and they give us opportunities to do some cool you know exclusive like previews and this past week i i was able to get up an, an early review of blue book which for the for the um ufo ufologists out there holy shit go read this book i've read the whole thing and it's so great if you are remotely into like ufos it, it's so worth reading the great thing about Dark Horse is they thank us. You know, they appreciate they appreciate being able to work with us. 
and they appreciate the stuff that we do. And it's like, it's a really, it's nice to have a two-way relationship. You know, we also have that kind of like the symbiotic relationship with the PR folks that work with, um, with IDW. We get these really great opportunities to take a look at stuff in advance. Um, stuff that's probably a given for like larger websites, right? Um, but we get these opportunities and we take a look and whether you're writing the reviews or whether I am or whether JP is, um, I know that it's appreciated as well. So it's, uh, you know, for me to bitch about like some creators not retweeting us, the great thing is we really do have um, good relationships with a lot of, with a lot of companies out there that, appreciate all the work that everybody does right like which is nice to see like it's not um you know i think it's, i'm sure i've said to you in the past i know i've said it to other guys it's kind of like we all want our stuff to be read and some some pieces do better than other pieces um but uh in the context of biff and pop i'm happy people are reading right full stop right and it's like it's always great to have more, but the fact is, it's like we have an audience that will come and read whatever we do, and and that's really good. You know, Jeff really Jeff Jeffrey X Martin. He and I, so he he did a really great column around the loop. He does his weekly around the loop wrestling column, and we he and I in a in a private discussion got into talking about the ratings for all elite wrestling which is sort of, it's the second biggest wrestling company in North America after WWE. And we got into talking about ratings and this wrestler CM Punk and who had a big sort of blowout with the company a couple of months ago. I'm not going to rehash all of that. Uh, people can go and read Jeff's article. Um, but what, he, what, what Jeff said was he did this great piece, really thorough pieces commentary but well researched because we were talking he and i in our private conversation we're talking about numbers and you know ratings versus let's say how a crowd reacts you know where what's the you know if if the crowd reacts really really well to some wrestlers but when they're on but when you look at the ratings people turn the channel when they're on and we sort of delved into like that's a conundrum in a way, right? Because like, what's true, what's reflective. Anyway, you know, one of the things Jeff said, oh, I hope people find this. And I'm like, I said, dude, people are going to find this piece because it's really good. And even if not as many as you hope for, find it, it's still really well done. Well, people read the piece and it did really well. So, you know, it, all that to say, we've been doing this now since this year is going to be our 15th anniversary. It's, freaking insane that this site has been around for 15 years now, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about that yeah. so um what led you to creating the site uh well let me rephrase what made you think you were so important that you had started pop culture? <laughs> um here's how first of all it was not me by myself uh -huh. first, most important thing second thing i didn't name the site J.P. Falabalita named the site. I don't remember how... Oh, I had a terrible name. Uh, I said, oh, let's call it Release the Geeks. 
And JP was like, uh, no, we are not doing that. Um, he came up with the name Biff Bam Pop. The charts version of this is that in the summer of 2008, when AinItCool.com was still a thing and all these places were still a thing, um, I said, you know, I had a group of friends where we talked about pop culture and we talked about all this geek stuff. And I said, there's other people that have a site. Why don't we? Why can't we do it? And so we did. Um, there were at least four or five of us that were around when it began. Um, and really, and for me, it was ludicrous to even have the suggestion because I was in radio at the time and I was just starting working on a morning show, which was, so the last thing I ever wanted in my personal life was have to have to work on a morning show and get up at three or three thirty in the morning. And as it was, it was the worst morning show in the history of Toronto radio. So, <laughs> but we, I just had this idea. It was definitely my idea that I presented to a group of guys and we all started it together. Um, it was a collaborative effort. Um, but as we were figuring things out, it just, it just turned out that I was kind of the guy who wound up sort of, we need almost coming up with kind of like the rules in a way and the publishing schedule and we should publish, you know, pretty regularly. And I ended up, I just ended up being the one to like say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to steer this ship. Um, and, and so I kind of, you know, I became sort of the de facto leader, which in theory is great. Um, because there's someone like me, like I front, I, I front the money for what we have to pay for. But, and you know this, but truthfully, like, it's like, I could not do it without all the help that comes from the writers. And it's like, even as you know, like you handle our Instagram, you've, you've done that. And it's like, if I, if something comes through, like, I'll shoot you an email. Hey, do you have time to get this up? Right. You know, if it's a trailer or something like that and across the board for as long as the site has been around people, all the contributors have been like that. So that's how it started. But, you know, all throughout the past 15 years, there's been people that have been absolutely essential in keeping it going. Glenn Walker was one of them. Um, Leslie Hatton, who was on the site for a while, was one of them. Um, you know, these days, it's Jeffrey X. Martin and Sachin, who, you know, are sort of like the senior editor type guys. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's how it's managed to survive for 15 years, is, you know, I'm the guy, like I said, I'll pay, the, I pay the bills, you know, like, which is like web hosting and, you know, WordPress and I'm happy to do it. Right. It's, it's no problem. Um, and then everyone else who has come through, it's just everyone who's come through and who kind of sticks around has found value in writing for the website. Um, and what's that value? Maybe it's being able to read books before anybody else. Um, or review movies before anybody else. Um, you know, 
people have come and gone. Marie Gilbert is such a great example that Marie was with us for a good couple of years. She was doing her Walking Dead pieces. And then she took a break from that for a little bit. And after Glenn passed away, um, Glenn had brought Marie into the fold. And, and after Glenn passed away, I asked Marie if she would come back a couple of years ago. And now she does. And she writes these, these kick-ass, so much fun movie reviews, right? And where's the value for Marie? Well, part of the value is like, she gets to see movies that, you know, like that we get sent. And it's like, hey, do you want to take a look at this? And Marie loves horror like loves you like so much she's just the coolest woman and so there's the value for her right and it's so that's how we keep it going right like it could not be done as it is without all of everyone that writes for the site who finds value in writing for the site for whatever reason for whatever your purposes are so it sounds like for you, uh, it's the old adage that some men choose greatness, other men have greatness thrust upon them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate <laughs> you calling me great because you never compliment me. So, um, Got to keep you humble. Yeah, please do at all times. But yeah, it's just, but I also love it, right? And I, I and, and I, you know, I love the opportunities that it's given us. You know, I'm super lucky in my, in my day job where I work for Sirius XM, I get to write for a living, right? Um, and then afterward, in Sirius XM Canada has been nothing of but supportive for Biff and Pop and for the stuff that that we do. You know, part of the reason I got the job is because because of Biff and Pop and like, you know, being able to keep it going for all these years and the quality, hopefully, of my work and all of our work is is you know, and I'm not the only one that got a job like. In, in no small part because of the website. And, you know, same with the books that I've written. You know, it's coming out, I realized, you know, I was checking Facebook memories today, um, as I do every day for my narcissism. And, uh, and it's like eight years tomorrow that there was the book launch for my first book, Wrapped in Plastic Twin Peaks. I wouldn't have even remotely had that opportunity to write a book, let alone be published and have a book launch, if not for the fact that the that the PR people who work for ECW Press who published that book, if we hadn't done some work with them and they suggested, hey, you might want to write, why don't you put in a pitch for this series that we're doing? It's the Pop Classic series. That never would have happened without Biff Bam Pop, right? Um, so... Those are the opportunities that we all get from the site, whether it's like some of the guys have gotten like, um, um, you know, passes to go to like, you know, fan expo and things like that, right? It's because we cover it and it's just like, you know, for those of like, we're so like, that's the stuff we would go to anyway, right? Oh yeah, I got into uh, C2E2 for free and that was, uh, you know, I, I think that was uh, that was my mountaintop personally, right, and, right, then, right. and then everything went to hell after that because that was <laughs> that was right at that was February twenty twenty, and right, then. Right. But is it you know, and that's that's the thing. It's like that's why, you know, it's this great. It just it's, it's this great reason for being for so many 
for so many of us and for so many things. I mean, it's so fun to write about the stuff that we write about, right? Um, and, you know, one, one of the things you said earlier about wanting to take your break from heroes and villains, because, you know, it's a really good point that it's like hard to say that, you know, hard to find new ways to be nice, for sure. Uh, especially because for the most part, and I know we've talked about this before and we probably, um, we don't, we don't truck on the site with like negativity too much. Um, it's pretty rare. And one, you know, from my perspective, one is um, no matter how shitty we think a movie might be or a book might be, it's hard to get that stuff done. Right. Mm-hmm. So I personally, unless I feel really impassioned about something and I can write articulately about why maybe I don't like something, um, I just kind of don't do it because why I, you, you and I both know and everybody knows like social media, which is how we try to get spread the word about stuff. It's so full of negativity, right? Like, let's not be, uh, let's not be a place for that, right? Because it's also like, if you're writing negative shit regularly, it's going to affect you, you know? Like, it's just like, if, if everything you're thinking about is kind of like negative, and I'm not saying we don't think about negative stuff regularly, you know, or we don't like something or whatever, of course. But it's like, if you're sitting down to type it out and slam something, again, it's one of those things if it can be articulate and smartly done, that's one thing, but you're never going to find a piece on our site that is just feels so vehemently negative. Um, it's probably, we, probably how we keep our numbers where they are just that we don't traffic <laughs> in negativity. You know what? You're probably right. You know, it's like, but whatever I'd rather like part of it is like, it should always be fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, because, because everybody who works on this site, myself included, we volunteer, right? It's a volunteer thing. It's like, we do it because you write because you want to write. I write because I want to write. Um, everybody wants to do it. Um, and there's no sense in doing it if you don't want to do it or if you're not having fun doing it, right? Um and that really has been like the sort of like the core, like if there's values that we have, right? Like doing like this, this speak or whatever, like our core values or whatever. It's like, have fun with, you know, enjoy it and have fun and don't write, don't be negative. Um, and you're right. We could be, if, if we were more clickbaity um, and stuff like that, yeah, we'd probably have bigger numbers, but it's like, seems disingenuous to me anyway like i don't want to i don't want to do that i'd rather sort of be small and mighty um or smaller and mighty and enjoy the things that we do and then then slam people's hard work because it's like i'm never going to make a movie and you know not that attitude (laughs) that's pretty good um but you know what i also know people that make movies and it's like i don't need to I know how hard it is. You know, it doesn't mean I haven't seen shit films. Of course I have. And in a private conversation, I'm going to talk about not liking a film. But I really do think that if you want, if people want like, I don't know, 
it just it, it just doesn't behoove us, I don't think, to be negative. But you're probably right. You're probably right. If we did more clickbaity, more like salaciousy type reviews or anything, eh, you know, maybe the numbers would be bigger. But the guys and, who are writing, yeah, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I saw recently that uh, Brian Hitch, uh, the comic book artist, was lamenting that there are no good comics news sites out there because they all traffic in clickbait type stuff. And I have to agree with them. There's a a site that I still go to for a lot of my main uh, genre news and I'm not going to name them, but they got bought out a while back. Uh, well, their parent company was sued by a, a, a notable celebrity and then they got bought out by, I think, like Univision or something. And Does that notable celebrity say brother? Does maybe he it just he, he just may they or they just may. But uh, the the tone of the they lost a lot of their good writers. Uh, the right. tone of the site changed, and it's just they were hiring for a staff writer, and I didn't even like I well the the pay wouldn't be enough to keep me afloat. But uh, the people that they hired, they just kind of uh, I don't want to say they're shit posters, but they you know they do they do you know court clicks, and it's that click based economy which just does not matter to me yeah no no it's you know for us i think you know for me it's always been about the personalities mm -hmm. we're not in you know we're not a new site because all of us have other things that we do so we're not going to be you know to me the most sort of news breaky thing that we would do is trailer times when we put up latest trailers which is you know they're not hard to do and there's at least between you, me, Sachin, Jeff, there's enough of us that it's like we can throw up a trailer really quickly um, because we want to have the trailers on the site and check them out, right? Like right. that's – but anything else in terms of like breaking news with a Z, no, that's, that's not us. Like that was never – that's never been us. I think maybe early on. Maybe early on, you know, I think if I went back to the beginning of the site, I would probably see us trying to do something like that. But those were early days if you were trying to figure out what what this site would be. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the site is the people. Um, the people who have come and gone. The people who are still here. Um, you know, and that's that's one of the things I love about it. Because every... Every article um, has a personality to it, right? Um, your figure Friday is a great example. You share that with Josh Whalen, but you guys are, your tones are different. Everything is different. You, right? Um, the theme is the same, but how you talk about what you both love is very different. And that's great. Uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Martin writing about wrestling is great because his voice is so unique and so different in, God bless it. He's such a mark for the business that, you know, uh, which is a compliment, Jeff, if you're listening. Um, you know, JP writing about comics, right? It's the same thing. Like everyone, you know, we, we've all got a voice, right? And we all, I and mean, that's one of the things I love about the site. And that's why it's like always so happy. I always think, you know, there, there are windows of time where we have the greatest lineup we've ever had of writers. Um, 
and right now we have this amazing lineup of writers. The hardest thing for me is when I say that and just kind of thinking that Glenn's not here. Um, and if people are watching for the first time, I always talk about Glenn in any opportunity like this because Glenn Walker was... Yeah, tell me, tell me a bit about Glenn because he was my predecessor on the Heroes and Villains column. I took over the the nameplate from him. And that's another reason I wanted to do the podcast and call it this is to kind of keep that going. Uh, when yeah. I, when I joined the site, he was my initial point of contact. Uh, and I, you know, interfaced with him very briefly before he passed. And then I think it was probably about a year afterwards that you offered uh, the heroes and villains column to me, which I almost immediately wanted to uh, decline the offer because I didn't, I didn't know if I had uh, a weekly column in me. Uh, but I was I was encouraged uh, by others to take it, and I did, and here we are. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I get emotional. <laughs> I'm emotional now. I got I'm teary now just thinking about Glenn. I can't think about Glenn uh, too much without getting emotional. Oh, the emotion uh, police are coming to get you. Yeah. Um. But so Glenn Walker was my right hand man for years, mm-hmm. uh, and that feels like too. He kept when I was writing books. He kept this site running. Uh, when I was when I was writing my my uh, my Twin Peaks book. How did you uh, how did you link up with him with with well, him? through the glorious world of Facebook? We mm-hmm. were both friends of Facebook friends of Jonathan Mayberry, who is a fantastic for if you don't know if people people listening or watching don't know is a fantastic horror novelist. Um, and Jonathan, who I he, he's become a friend, which is like so great. Like his first book, Ghost Road of Blues, is a masterpiece, and we became friends when after I wrote him, and you know, way back in two thousand and seven, said I love this book. Anyway, Glenn and I, Mayberry used to be sort of position like he used to live sort of in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. Glenn was in the uh, Philly. Uh, New Jersey area so they they were Facebook friends and I remember vividly I think you know I think we had a random adding of of Facebook but I remember our first conversation vividly because I was on a bus to New York City I was going to see the Almond Brothers band this would have been in 2009 and the bus had Wi-Fi and I was on my computer writing and I ended up chatting with Glenn and, you know, we just ended up chatting a lot, similar interests, specifically comics, comics and movies. And I asked him to do a guest post. I don't remember what it was. He said, yeah, and I think I probably asked him to do another. And then he just came on board and he wrote regularly. And he was a writing machine. He could, you know, he wrote so... He was a writing machine. He wrote for us. He had his own website called Welcome to Hell, where he wrote all the time. He did multiple podcasts. Uh, he was just a machine. He was a machine. And along with that, he worked for this, uh, I think it was the South Jersey Writers Group. And he was like, he was sort of like an icon in this group too. Like, And he helped facilitate people's work. And just an amazing guy. And like I said, you know, when if we worked in tandem and then he would steer the ship when I would be writing books. 
think I wrote two books in the span of a couple of years where I sort of extremely leaned on him to uh, keep the thing afloat. Um, yeah, and he was just, he really believed in the site. And, you know, he, he often said, he's like, this is the best site that I, this is my favorite job ever. I'm like, that's, that's pretty great. Um, so yeah, so yeah, uh, and he so he passed away. He 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 was never in the best of health when when we were friends, mm-hmm. uh, and then so he passed away pretty suddenly at the end of two thousand and seven. And it's like I'm not over that at all. I'm I'll never be over it. It's a, I don't know how people get over things. This is the first person. Glenn's the first person that I loved as a as a friend. You know, I've lost my grandparents. And I've been, you know, but we know we're going to lose our grandparents at a certain point in time. It's just how it is, right? Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt or doesn't mean you like don't feel a sense of loss. But the loss of a friend is, you, in my experience, which has been with Glenn, is like, you can't prepare for that. Um, at least I certainly couldn't, even though I knew he you know, he wasn't in the best of health and he had his struggles. Um, but, you know, I wrote about him afterwards and, and I really felt that. And what I wrote was that I always feel like I was, I always felt like I was writing for Glenn because he looked at everything on the side. And it comes back to that thing about numbers, right? Like with Glenn, you always had an audience. You know, you always knew, and it's like, you got to take that. That's something, right? Like, whether one person or a hundred people or a hundred thousand people read your stuff or read your stuff, just be happy someone's reading. And Mm -hmm. so with Glenn, I always knew, I always knew he was reading. Um, So it's still to this day, it's very, you know, it's very strange to not have him here reading our work but i also think it's excessively important for me personally to like to talk about it you know whenever like sort of we have these like you know we have our yearly sort of get together biff and pop get togethers where we all zoom and i always want to bring them up um and you know i'll talk about them on social media um when I think it's it's appropriate, um, because he's one. He was an amazing human being. He was a great writer, um, and he would love the stuff that we talk about to this day. You know, I wish, I wish he could have seen Endgame. You know, mm-hmm. I think he would have fucking loved Endgame. I think I don't know what he would have thought of like those Snyder movies. You know, like and all that bullshit. Um, I don't know what he'd think of Marvel at this point, but there's a lot of things like that guy knew shit about like golden age and silver age stuff. That's like, I didn't understand. Like he just knew he was just this, just this fountain of pop culture information uh, and knowledge uh, and music. knowledge. He was one of the, he was just the smartest, sweetest guy. And I legitimately feel like I'm glad that you're, keep like you're calling the podcast heroes and villains because it does keep what he started in 
you know, and it's your column now, but you keep, it's like, and it's, it's, it's your podcast, but it started someplace and we, it's, I'm glad to, that we keep it going in some way, shape or form. Right. So even if what heroes and villains started as has morphed, you know, and it's, it just becomes something else. I feel like it's a pretty nice way to like, just say, Hey, this guy was, you know, it's started here. It's become this. I think he would be thrilled that, uh, you know, something that he had started has morphed and shaped and, and still means something to you enough that you're going to, that you've got a podcast called heroes and villains now affiliated with the site. I think that's pretty great. And you yeah, know, it's got it, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's an evolution. And like, while I was trying to, you know, get my shit together, I was trying to figure out uh, if I still wanted to keep doing heroes and villains, or if I wanted to pass it off to like JP or Mac or, you know, because we're, we're spoiled for choice for comic book writers on the site. That was another reason I kind of felt like I had to step away for a minute. Yeah, we have a lot of great guys, but you know, it's your thing now. It's yours. And you do with it as you see fit. If you were leaving the site Toto, it's a different thing because it would be different. But as long as you're like, if I can't get rid of you, then you know, it's it's obviously yours, but it's nice that something Glenn started is still like, you know, has morphed into something something else. And, you know, up top on the on the on the uh if and pop banner, we've got like the work of Glenn Walker mm -hmm. as the sort of thing. Because I love for people to check it out still. And people do, which is nice, you know. Um so yeah, I still feel like everything everything we do as a collective on the site in my head it was like very much dedicated to him um because he kept that the site going for a really long time i could not have done it without without him you know it really felt like like his his site so yeah it's tough man fuck it's it's, it's amazing that it is still like it's still like five years. It was five years ago that he passed in December. Um, and it's like, I, yeah, JP and I were together today. We we're recording this on a Sunday or on a Monday. Mm -hmm. It was family day Monday here. So it was a holiday today. That day. Yeah. Um, so it was over at JP's place and, you know, we talk about the passage of time, you know, and it's like my favorite rock lyric of all time is every day is getting shorter and never seem to find the time. And it's true, you know, like it, everything goes by so fast. 15 years ago, we started the site 15 years ago. How's that happen? Right? Like five years ago, Glenn passed away. It feels like yesterday. Um, the fact that you told me that you hadn't done heroes and villains since March is like March. That's not possible, but there you go, right? Everything just goes by so quick. It's probably so the I, old man. I, I could have uh, continued my sabbatical for a while longer is what you're saying. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, but, no, not really, because, no, nah, I, again, I don't feel like you're, you, you know, the column might be, might have been on sabbatical, but you have been around, so. Um, it's, it's a strange thing with uh, with Glenn's passing because before while I was hemming and hawing about taking over Heroes and Villains when it was offered to me, 
I went back and I read a bunch of his old stuff. And his last Heroes and Villains column was about Doomsday Clock number one. Right. And I think by the time that that comic from DC was uh, Gary Frank and Jeff Johns, by the time that comic wrapped up, I had been doing the column for something like two years. It's insane. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, you can't because it happened. Mm-hmm. You liked that series? Because I really liked it. I can't remember if you liked it or not. I'm all over the map with it. I, I do own a uh, secondhand copy of the collected edition. It's certainly a thing that happened. Uh, I, <laughs> That's funny, man. I don't so know if it's... Yeah. With answer. I'll say this. I've read it. I own it. You know, most of my books now are I read digitally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was at a bookstore where there was like a remaindered copy of... It was like the two smaller hardcovers in a slipcase for like a decent price. Maybe it was like 25 bucks. And I made, I, I certainly read it digitally through, you know, throughout its, its entire run. But when I saw it for that price, I'm like, oh, I'm getting this. And I read it again. I've read it a couple of times and I actually, um, I really liked it. I, I never took offense to, uh, you know, right, right or wrong. I never took offense to them sort of like merging those two worlds um, because I thought that they told a pretty good story. Uh, and it was the same with Rorschach, the Tom King book. I thought Rorschach was, I really enjoyed Rorschach. And, um, you know, <laughs> I remember like uh, J.P. Falavolita, who we've talked about, an impassioned Watchmen fan mm-hmm. who would not watch... Uh, the TV series who would not, I think he begrudgingly read doomsday clock, but would not read the before watch books would not read Rorschach. I'm like, it's really good. It's really good. I don't care. I'm not doing it. And like, fair enough. I get it. Like, Hey, we've all got like, we all take sort of our stance on for whatever reason as to what we won't read or whatever. But I really dug doomsday clock. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Thought it was very sort of worked in the same uh, same wheelhouse as, uh, of course, I suck right now because I can't remember the exact name of the Mark Wade series. Um, Kingdom Come. Oh no no no! It was uh, there's Irredeemable, and it was a Boom series. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Uh, and it sort of worked in sort of a similar similar wheelhouse. Um, yeah, and there there are larger conversations to be had. Um, we could do a whole podcast about it, right? Oh, no doubt. Like, uh, you know, a major company like Warner Brothers, they're not going to leave any kind of intellectual property stone unturned. And the same goes for Marvel, too. Like, with a lot of respects, uh, the tail for Marvel is wagging the dog at this point when their film output is kind of... It's informed by the classic stories, but I don't know if they're quite innovating in the way that DC is doing right now. I no, I think that's fair. I think it, I think it's fair, and I think you know, I think you and I talked about this a little bit, you know, just in our conversations. But I really, I loved what Hickman, what Jonathan Hickman was doing with Krakoa and the X-Men when that started. Um, I loved it. And I thought, you know, it was just, 
it was it was a new status quo that I like completely bought into. Um, and there were some really good books under his watchful eye that came out that I thought were phenomenal. Um, and how long has it been? Has it been five years, roughly, maybe since that started? It feels like it has maybe four years. I think like maybe three and some change even because. Okay. Because I'll say this now, um, there's too many books and it's overall like I, the connective tissue may be like the island nation of the call, but it doesn't feel, it doesn't have the same for the most part, that whole concept just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And to me, as a reader, I think I'm a pretty smartish guy, but it became like I started losing what's going on and where is the, and like, so, you know, it is it, you know, what is it done for? Is it done for like, I, I'm a, is it done like to have all this great IP ready for when Marvel finally decides to launch uh, uh, the X Men universe? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot to dig from there, which would be not opposed to it, right? Like, I think there's cool ways that you could probably bring that stuff into comics. But there's so much, right? Like, sometimes you think, like, you know, maybe things can be pared down a bit. You know, I don't know. I, I will say the, you know, Hickman's run on X-Men, I wasn't really terribly familiar with his work up until that point, but it was the most interested I'd been in X-Men books in 20 years since Grant Morrison's run wrapped up in 2002, 2003. But it is a, at this point, since he's off the books, it's this massive unwieldy beast and the nature of comics is cyclical. So, you know, we'll, well get a... We'll get an X-Men movie at some point in the next five to 10 years and things will come back around. They'll be back at the school in New York. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like what Stan Lee always said about the illusion of change, right? Like, mm -hmm. and it's great. I mean, it offers great. It did offer great storytelling and there's still like there. It's um, there are like, I think it's, see, it's like, there's so many books that it, uh, like for me is like, I'm, I'm above casual reader, but I'm less than a hardcore reader, right? I can't remember. I think it's Immortal X-Men, which is a like, that led into the Sins of Sinister mm -hmm. series. That's, right now. that's a great fucking book, right? I will say that because that has its, its roots and tentacles right into that Hickman stuff. And it's really, really great. So I recently, with Sins of Sinister coming out, this big event series right now that's happening for X-Men, I went and I read all of the mortal X-Men to lead into it. Right. Like in one, you know, a couple of different sittings, I like binge through a great fucking series. Right. And I'm like, Oh, this, this is what Hickman has kind of introduced, right. A little bit of political intrigue, a um, little bit of superhero, like all that sort of stuff. And whereas I just sort of felt a lot of the other books were just, they didn't have that same vibe that got me invested in, in X-Men again. But um, yeah, I mean, comics are, like you said, comics are cyclical. It's the illusion of change. Um, I will say this just to, because I, I thought about it as you were, you know, just there was a great run of X-Men right before Jonathan Hickman that Matthew Rosenberg wrote. 
that is worth if you haven't read it i did um, read it i thought it was really really good matt rosenberg's a really good writer i feel betrayed by him because it's like mainly doing dc stuff right now and i guess his indie stuff the fact that he went over to dc because i'm such a marvel zombie i'm like oh. but he's a great great writer and matt's work i think is kind of i don't want to say forgotten because i don't know if it's forgotten yet but maybe overshadowed because of what came right after it was was the hickman stuff um, yeah and his run on the book was i don't want to say it was designed to be forgotten but it was a it was a transitory it was a transitional book because it was pretty self-contained right like somebody i can't remember who was on the book before him i wasn't reading that run and i don't know if i tried and didn't care for it but uh rosenberg had done some books for marvel i think he did a really good multiple man series that i loved and you know based on that you know that goodwill uh i was i read his x-men book and it was just it kind of it didn't quite reset everything to zero but you can read the book and then like when uh hickman's x-men uh launched it just kind of went right out of the gate and it was it was it was a clean break from what came before but isn't that kind of nice in a way to like be able to have some self-contained stories every so often yeah i do i do find that's one of the things dc for the, some of the dc stuff that i that i've read like um i get doomsday clock was a was a mini series but it was contained right it's self-contained and it's like you could yeah i mean there's a backstory to it but i felt like it was a pretty it's a very readable book, much like in the way I know it's apples and oranges in a way, but it's like much like the Dark Knight Returns. It's like just kind of contained that original Dark Knight Returns, not all the stuff that's come afterwards, right? Um, and that's kind of what I liked about Matt's Matt's run is like it just it felt somewhat contained, where you're not. I don't I, now. I can't remember it verbatim so but i don't think like there were crossovers or anything like that he just kind of got really good x work for however long he was on it for um but there's so many crossovers now like i, I you know i started off reading excuse me a new run of um amazing spider-man mm -hmm. it was great that john ramita jr was back again i felt a sense of betrayal when he went to dc but I also felt like I, you get it. The guy had been with Marvel for what, 30 years or 40 years at that point. Mm -hmm. Go try something new. Um, and so I started reading Amazing Spider-Man and I liked it quite a bit. But then you sort of like, right now there's this dark web stuff and it's like there's crossover after crossover. And, you know, not to say like, that's how the business works, right? But I feel like there's so much of it. You almost have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to try and follow. And for me, what I'm, what I'm, I wasn't committed to this dark web thing. I think I read the first, the first half of the first standalone, like dark web alpha or whatever you're going to call it. Right. As and soon I, as that, uh, that thing started, I dropped the book and I just picked it back up because it just wrapped up uh, a couple of weeks yeah. ago. I wasn't, so I could not get engaged with, with the book for whatever reason. And it's like, you know, and this is, again, it kind of goes back to, like, I'm not going to sit here and slam the book. All I'm going to say is, like, it just didn't work for me. I think it wasn't engaging, you know, and that's one of the reasons I didn't write about it. It's like, what am I going to say? I mean, yeah, it, just didn't, it just didn't work for me. Hopefully it works for other people. But 
yeah, I mean, for me, I was kind of like, eh, this isn't working for me. So I kind of left Amazing Spider-Man. But the first, but again, like going back to X-Men, that Immortal X-Men series leading into Sins of Sinister has got me engaged, right? Like has got me engaged. Like I read like the Storm tie-in that came and I saw I have to still have to read uh, Nightcrawlers tonight before I go to sleep because there's that book as well. Um, and I'm into seeing where that goes. Because even though it's sort of, you know, you're kind of dealing with the age of apocalypse kind of idea, right? Like where Sinister's machinations have like resulted in like, you know, him kind of getting always what he always wanted. But there's more to it than that. So it's like, I can, I think I can only commit to like one event series at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got to be something that like immediately like engages with me. Since we're on comics, I will say, one series that I am doing is the new Fantastic Four. Uh, are you reading that? I am. It's uh, holding my attention for now. I've always tried with Fantastic Four in the past. So have I. And some, some books work better than others. The Hickman run was really, really good sci-fi stuff. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if from all the, you know, the canon that people that they can pull for for the new film, like there's a lot. Of, I mean, you've already seen it with the incursion stuff that is being mentioned. You know that was mentioned in in Doctor Strange, right? Well, that incursion stuff, its roots are in the Avengers mm-hmm. books that they wrote. Um, but yeah, I just sort of find like, hello, dog. Sorry, uh, just Dipper the dog. Um, you know, so Hickman's run was really great on Fantastic Four. I can't remember who came next. Mark Wade may have taken it. I can't quite remember, but didn't really engage with that run. But then I really liked Dan Slott's run. And now I'm reading it. I think it's Ryan North who's reading it, who's writing right now. <clears throat> and so far I'm into it. It helps that uh, Alex Ross is doing all the uh, all the covers and Alex Ross is just, I mean, you know, we could do a podcast episode on just how amazing Alex Ross is with everything that he does. Um all that to say, when I'm, t- you know, there's a lot, there's lots to read out there. Um, it's kind of just finding the stuff that is the most engaging. I don't even know how we wound up talking Marvel. It it happens. All all roads lead to Marvel these days. So I think that's pretty much a good place to cap it uh, for this inaugural so. episode. Uh, I will say going forward, I have you know some guests that I want to get. We're going to see how that goes. This could all be a horrible and embarrassing failure for myself and the website. Uh, I plan to do well, the... at that point. I'll just give all credit to you. <laughs> yeah. Credit where it's due. Uh, yeah. I, I plan on uh, trying to have a monthly cadence for these things, try and you know, do at least an hour a month and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm still waiting on a couple of things. I think this should be up by next Wednesday. Sounds good. And so, uh, we'll go from there. Well, Thank you for doing it. You know, thanks. Like you didn't, you don't, you know, this was your idea, which is amazing. And it, you know, having tried and failed at at least a couple podcasts, I know it's not easy. So I appreciate you doing it for the website. Well, um, thanks for allowing me the space to do it. Uh, well, you know, we need lots of sort of curtain jerkins, So that's fine to, <laughs> no, but really I do. And, and, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for the site all the writing that you've done and that, that you continue to do, um, you know, and it's great that you're doing this and, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing what you come up with because it's, uh, 
and I trust your, I trust that whatever you come up with is good because you haven't let me down yet. So fingers crossed, right? No pressure. <laughs> well, uh, that'll do it. Thanks for sitting in, Andy. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you back here very soon. Thank you. Bye -bye.